Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. I did not get a chance on the radio show to talk about the big win that Illinois had on Saturday. And I said, well, you know what? There's a lot of stuff going on with the Bears, so I don't know if I can really do it justice on the radio show, but that's why I have a podcast. I was watching the game. I I check in on Illinois because I know that they've been bad, so it's not like I'm spending my afternoon, but it was one of those weeks where I had to wait until 8 o'clock to watch Alabama play. So I was like, oh, well, let's see what's going on with Illinois. And I'm like, oh, they're kind of in this game with Wisconsin in the second half. So I said, I'm going to stick around and watch this thing and see what happens, and maybe they'll have a, a third quarter like they did against Michigan, and and maybe they'll have a, a fourth quarter like they had against Michigan, and I'll be able to take a nap or then move on to another game that I want to watch. But they kept my attention, and you could feel things kind of starting to go their way. They played pretty good defense at the end and made some big throws. The quarterback, Peters, made some big throws towards the end, and they won. So... I reached out to my buddy, Jeremy Warner, who covers the Illini down in Champaign. He, he's, he's one of the hardest working dudes. He runs IlliniInquirer.com. He has his show down there in Champaign, does a radio show. I go on that every now and again. So I'm glad to talk with him on the podcast today. And, Jeremy, the first question I have for you is, what was it like when you guys started to figure out that they might win that game? The fact that they are in the game at the end wasn't too big of a shocker, but the fact that they actually won uh, was a shock because this hasn't happened. Good things haven't happened to this athletic program, really, as long as I've been covering it, whether it's basketball or football. So it was really almost like you were living in a dream that they're rushing the field in, in Champaign, the team I cover, and you know they're they're showing this on ESPN and everything. It was it was a moment Illinois fans have been waiting for in a long time. They deserve it. Um, and for Lovey Smith, it was it was about dang time that they had this kind of of game because they've been telling us for a while that this was going to happen. But finally, we got some proof of it on the field and provided a much needed jolt for this athletic program. How would you describe the way that the area reacted to the win? It was it was it was about ten years of frustration built up just for one day just got released because this is one of the most intense best fan bases and every fan base is is pretty good right but like they are hungry and they've stood by and supported um, these two programs basketball and football for for so long and you know basketball continues to have good attendance and, and football attendance has gone down but. They've wanted this to work so much, but they haven't given any proof. So the fact that they wanted it, hope returned. Lawrence, I mean, this was a program that had hope before the year because Lovey Smith has really upgraded the talent here. 
But after a 2-4 and four start and losing to Eastern Michigan to get your butts kicked by P.J. Fleck, who no one around here really likes, and uh, losing a heartbreaker to Nebraska and, and having a chance against Michigan only get the rug pulled out from you, um, it felt like that was going to continue to be the case. So it just felt like years of emotion pouring out in really throughout the, the city of Champaign-Urbana. But even on the field, you had former players going nuts. You had – players crying because they're thinking about their teammate Bobby Roundtree up in Chicago rehabbing and everything they've been through from Tim Beckman to Bill Cubitt to now Lovey Smith being 11-31 to start his career. To have that moment against that Wisconsin team, which is everything you want to be, um, it, it just restored hope um, to a program that hasn't had very much of it. I was talking to my friend Herb Lawrence, who's a huge Illini fan, and, I, and after the Michigan game I said, here's the thing about Illinois uh, Illinois football. They're better, but they're not good. Is that mm-hmm. fair? Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Because their game against Nebraska, they were clearly better. Uh, but they continued to make mistakes that kill them. And the running defense, I mean, when you're giving 300 yards of rushing defense every game leading up to that Wisconsin game, you're not a good team. When you're giving up 40-plus points per game, you're not a good team. Um, so, yeah, they are better. But the question for me coming into the season is, who are they better than? Because the rest of the Big Ten West is getting back. Like Purdue, I mean, they play this week in a monster game for Illinois. They made back-to-back bowl games in Jeff Brom's first year. They were worse than you just a couple years ago before Brom got there. P.J. Fleck in Minnesota, they're, I know they have an easy schedule, but they're about to be 8-0. And they made a bowl game last year after you crushed them. So Nebraska, obviously, is better than them. So who in the Big Ten besides Rutgers are you better than? At least for a day, you were better in Wisconsin, but now you have to show up consistently. You were even better in Eastern Michigan, who's been crushed by some bad teams this year. You were barely better than UConn on the road this year. So in the, in the large sample size, Illinois hasn't been that much better, but there's been little signs. Finally, you had a full four-quarter game that said, okay, this team is possibly ready to take big strides. And, and I believe in college, you get one win like this. Um, I, I think the mindset of players um, – you know, the talent level is, is, is obviously not is a bigger discrepancy than it is in the NFL. I, I think one game like this can, can just change the whole confidence of a program, but, but now they got to show it again. Okay, so you follow recruiting. You're all about Illinois when it comes to that football team being built. If they are better, why are they better? What, what pieces have made them a better and more formidable team? They've done a really good job of, recruiting linemen here the last especially early in Lovey Smith's tenure they've they've really upgraded the size speed and athleticism Lovey just wants to get athletes and he thinks he can mold them into football players and the offensive lines been pretty good the last couple of years it was atrocious before they got here they got some future NFL guys like Alex Pelcheski, Vidarian Lowe, Kendrick Green a lot of in-state kids uh, that they did well in early in this tenure the defensive line is one of the deepest most talented positions he's had but until last week we didn't see it so, uh, but this week they, they dominate Wisconsin in the trenches. But where he's done really well and, and really the, the big change from this year, Lawrence, is they hit the transfer portal really, really hard. Um, and, they, and they just upgrade at big positions of need. Brandon Peters, the quarterback from Michigan, a former top 100 prospect, he, he's been really inconsistent, so he's been frustrating. But he's got, he's got an NFL arm, uh, similar to a guy, Wes Lunt, who is here. Now, does he have the confidence? Does he have the, the decision-making to, to take them to the next level? We'll see. Um, he, he had a great end of the game, but didn't have a good, good start to the game against Wisconsin. Joshi Matsorbebe, USC transfer, uh, is, is an NFL-type wideout. Maybe not athletic or maybe not 
quickness-wise, but just a big physical target who can win one-on-one battles. Uh, Wally Batiku, another USC transfer, um, has been big for them. He's got eight sacks, one of the nation's leaders there. Slowed down a little bit, but he's just a, a starting caliber Big Ten defensive end. Richie Pettibone, a backup at Alabama, former top one prospect, has just given them a solid starter. So that's really helped them plug holes and upgrade at positions of need. And, and then he's gone and got some kids like – Unfortunately, Marquez Beeson's out for the year, the, the top 100 corner out of uh, Texas. And, and Isaiah Williams, a quarterback, they're really excited about. Undersized guy, but ridiculous athlete. He's been hurt, too. Uh, but Luke Ford, a top 100 kid that's coming from Georgia. So he, he's been able to hit that transfer market hard and, and just have some relationships in St. Louis and Texas uh, that have really upgraded some talent and, and some neat areas. Has Brandon Peters locked down the quarterback spot? Has he solidified that thing? Well, last game I thought was the big test of, of Illinois' trust of him because Matt Robinson came in against Michigan and uh, had a really good second half that gave Illinois a chance, but he also fumbled a couple times. He's kind of the, the typical scrappy college player who uh, the sum is maybe better than the parts because he's undersized, doesn't have a strong arm. While Brandon Peters is, is can the can the parts lead to a good sum and. He was 6 of 19 to start that game, and he looked tentative back there. And you're like, oh, is this guy really, even though the talent is better, he's got a cannon for an arm, uh, he's a big prototypical passer, and he's a pretty dang good athlete, actually. He's a, he's a decent runner when he needs to be. Um, but you saw some poise late in the game. So I think he's been frustrating, but he's clearly the high upside guy that if he can eventually put it all together, um, I think he can – he can be really good. I think this offense with Rod Smith as the offense coordinator can be really, really good. I mean, they put up 24 or 25 against Michigan. It's a good defense, 24 against Wisconsin, who hadn't given up more than two touchdowns before. So uh, I think that the upside is there, but the, the consistency isn't quite there. But I don't think I, – I think they know if they bench him, he might not be able to come back from that. So they don't want to give up on him quite yet. And, and, and to be honest with you, he just makes throws that, that Matt Robinson can't. I was talking with Dave Wanstead last night, and we we played the highlights of the the kick going in and everyone celebrating. I really like those uniforms. The gray ghosts, well, the kids love them too. <laughs> the recruits love them. Uh, I think it's cool. It's it, it's an homage to the galloping ghost. Um, you know, Red Grange, and they obviously just put the Dick Buckus statue. So, yeah, I think every once in a while it's good. They do it at homecoming uh, every year. Um, they have some some good unit combos, but Illinois kind of uh, changed it up a little bit. But, yeah, I, th- I think it's something different, right? And, and it's some homage to, to a pass that is pretty deep pass, but it's, it's a pretty storied pass for Illinois. How do people in the area feel about Lovey Smith at this point in his career? Well, last week, everyone would have told you they're ready to move on, um, which I don't know if one game changes everything, but it certainly changes things. Um, you know, I had to ask Josh Whitman last week what he thinks about his program at two and four because he told us it was going to be a lot better. Lovey Smith told us it was going to be a lot better. Uh, but going into last week against Wisconsin, as 31-point underdogs at home with an 11-31 and 31 record, 4-26 and 26 in the Big Ten. His defense has been atrocious for his entire career. But for one day, it all came together. Um, so he's, he's probably his approval rating's gone from, I don't know, 20% to uh, a big boost, maybe still not completely bought in. But I think people are going to give him a chance again. And I think that's why this Purdue game is really important because if they beat Purdue, that's the first time, this is kind of ridiculous, Lawrence, first time since 2014 Illinois have won back-to-back Big Ten games. And if they beat Purdue, they're going to beat Rutgers the next week. That would be the first time since 2007 
that they have won three straight games. They haven't been to a bowl since 2014. So if he, if he can start doing those things, um, his approval rate will be through the roof because people will have a reason to believe. They just haven't been given reasons uh, to believe. But, you know, his clock management, um, some of his conservatism that people saw in Chicago, people aren't big fans of. But if you get to a bowl game this year and you keep just upgrading the talent like he has, I think people will get bought in at least for another year because 2020, they – this is the best roster they'll have in about a decade at Illinois. And a lot of people would like to see him have that chance to, to do well with that team, but he's still got a little bit more work to do. I think. Is he happy there? That That's an internal question. I mean, you, you covered him, Lawrence. What, he's not going to tell us anything about his feelings. <laughs> he's not, he's not going to tell us anything about honesty, about his, how he feels like that. He, he doesn't think we deserve that or fans deserve that. And I think that's been, a little bit of an issue for him. He connects with recruits. He connects with his players. And, you know, you, you sit there with Lance and, and Matt Forte and uh, Alex Brown. Those, those guys love him. Um, but I think at the college level, it is important to um, connect with a fan base. And I don't think he's done that all that well. If you win games, they, they won't care. But uh, he hasn't. So I, I think that's been a little bit of an issue. But I think he's competitive. I think he's enjoying – molding kids. I think that's important to him. His faith is important to him. And I think he feels like there's a little bit higher purpose. You know, he's been through, you know, Bobby Roundtree is a kid that he kind of thinks of as a son and he's been through a, a terrible life altering injury here. And I, I think Lovey, that, that stuff is important to him to be a, a big influence on a lot of these kids' lives that, that come from nothing. And he, he's able to mold. I think he really, really enjoys that. Um, I don't think he's enjoyed the losing. Um, he doesn't have, a house here. Um, he, I think for the last I knew, um, you know, we don't get a lot of details about his personal life, but you know, he he has, still has his house in, house in Florida, Chicago, all those things, but kind of just has a, a condo here. So um, I, I don't know if he's happy. I think he's competitive. I think he likes doing what he's doing on a daily basis, but I do think the the college grind of recruiting, the college grind of not winning and how hard it is to win in the Big Ten, I'm, I'm sure those things he'd, he'd, he'd like to do a little bit better at. All right, so you you talked a little bit about before I asked you if the follow up on Lovey about the record. Is it is it crazy to think that they could get to a bowl game? No, not now. Um, but they got to be. I think Purdue is a hugely important game because Rutgers is a win. Um, as, as bad as even Illinois would have been if they would have gotten crushed by Wisconsin. I mean, Rutgers is one of the worst. Uh, teams I've seen, and I've seen UConn Macron this year. So uh, their quarterback threw for, I think, five yards last game. Um, it's, it's one yard the, the, the game before. It's, it's atrocious what's happening out there. So that, that should be another win. Um, Northwestern isn't very good, and they can't score. I, I mean, I'll, I'll give Pat Fitzgerald an advantage usually against Illinois, but um, they can't score right now, and I think Illinois can, even against a, a good defense like Northwestern. Um, Michigan State's not having a very good year, and they're left on the schedule. But if they can go to Purdue, they're going to be at 5-4. and four. And then you just get one more win of the last three games. Iowa going there, I, I don't feel good about that. But I, I think Michigan State, even on the road, I think you can compete in that game. Um, and, and Northwestern at home to end the year, I think it's probably going to all come down to that. And I kind of like that matchup right now just because Northwestern struggles to get points on the board. And even if Illinois' defense struggles against Northwestern, I think Illinois' offense can find a way to, to outscore them. Man, the game at the end of the season with a bowl bit on the line for the Illini would be huge. Yeah, it's happened a couple of times. Uh, 2014, Illinois went up to Northwestern, and no one expected Illinois to win at that time. I think they lost to Daryl Hazel in Purdue in his last 
big ten, one of his last Big Ten games. And then they end up winning three of their last five, including one at Northwestern. And then when Bill Cubitt was the coach in 2016, after Tim Beckman got fired uh, at Soldier Field, they had a chance. And they only lost by, I think, seven or ten points. So it's come down to the wire each time. And uh, for Illinois, that uh, has obviously been one of the worst – I mean, Northern Illinois and Northwestern have been better football programs lately. That, that'd be a big statement. If you, if you could beat Northwestern the last game of the season to get to a bowl while the reigning Big Ten West champs are probably staying home. Jeremy, thanks so much for, for being on the podcast today. I truly appreciate it. And thank you for putting up with all of the hurdles that we had to jump through to get you on the podcast today. The magic of radio. I get it, Lawrence. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. That is Jeremy Warner. He's one of my favorite people, man. I, I love his coverage of the Illini. He does a terrific job, and I'm glad that we were able to talk some Illini on the podcast today. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.